Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cincinnati Sports Review. My name is Eric. My name is Nick. And today we're going to go and look back in time. We're going to take a little retrospective and, and kind of look back on uh, Mike Brown because obviously a lot of people in Cincinnati have got a lot to say about him. So we're going to we're going to do our turn. We're going to talk about old Mike Brown. Oh boy. The good, the bad, the ugly. Mike yeah, Brown. and there's all of that. <laughs> there's a lot of that. Yeah, so we will uh, uh, kind of start our discussion. Um, Nick, I want to start with you. Um, I want to get your thoughts. What, what what are your, like, just knee-jerk reaction? What do you think of when you hear, like, Mike Brown? Personally, I am not the biggest fan of how he's run the organization. Um, I don't think he's a bad person. I just think he's in over his head. My thoughts on it are, I will just say in one statement, Mike Brown is okay. <laughs> like, he's just That's okay. It. That's it. He is just, just okay. okay. <laughs> like, there's been some good. There's been some bad. Like you said, there's been some ugly. So, I think as a whole, um, if you take his entire body of work as owner of the Bengals you know I think it's a zero sum <laughs> and, I, and I'm not the most like negative person when it comes to Mike Brown but I, I do recognize realities I mean he he's he's just he's made a lot of mistakes right oh yeah and he's very I, I feel like he makes a lot of emotional decisions um, yeah I, like the when he first took over the Bengals who was that first coach uh, not Forrest Gregg Sam Weish yeah no. no 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 hold on no I'm pretty sure it was Sam Weish was Sam Weish the first one so so, so Forrest Gregg took us to the Super Bowl in 81 no he fired Sam Weish that was his first thing he did yeah 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 that was like the first Shula. major decision he Dave did. Shula Dave Shula was the guy who stuck around way too long. Yeah, and I feel like that was an emotional decision to hire him in the first place because he was like the son of a big NFL coach. Kind of like how our current offense coordinator is Brian Callahan, former or a son of former NFL coach Bob Callahan or Bill Callahan. Yeah, Bill Callahan. Uh, But I don't know that that may have been a a tailored decision. I'm not gonna. Yeah. That one in specific on Brown, but yes, you were right about um, Don Dan Shula. Yeah, D- Dave Shula. Dave Shula. Okay. Um, Don Shula so was the familiar. was like, the father. <laughs> Dave and Dan. Oh my god. Don. Don. What? Don and Dan. Whatever. Dave. Okay. <laughs> well, I can't. Okay. But yeah, that was uh, his first coaching hire, and that was um, disastrous. He was horrible. He was as bad as Mike Taylor or Zach Taylor was his first couple of years. I'm getting all kind of names wrong. Um, so this is Shula was very, worse than Zach Taylor. Yeah, I mean Zach Taylor went to a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, here's what's really interesting: is Dave Shula, who was the former Bengals coach that we were just referencing, uh, he is the wide receivers coach at Dartmouth, and guess who? Dartmouth played quarterback at Dartmouth Why? a long time ago. Why do you say it like that? How do you say? How do you say it? Dartmouth. Dartmouth? Dartmouth. Dart, Dartmouth. There's no N in there. What are you saying? Dartmouth. Dartmouth the, the College of Dartmouth. Dartmouth. There's no N in there. I'm not saying an N. You are, you're saying Dart... It's Darthmouth. Darth, Darth Myth. 
Whatever. Okay. That college. Look it up. Um, I swear to God. Okay. I, it's true. I could be mispronouncing it. I, I've only ever seen it written. Um, Mike Brown was actually a quarterback there when he was uh, in college. So it, that that all comes full Connections. circle. Yeah. Weird. Uh, yeah. Um, and kind of like looking at that, that o- that obviously was a terrible decision. Um, but let's um, – do we want to start with the good, bad, or the ugly? Um, I don't know. Whatever you want to talk about, start. Well, let's talk about the bad because we were already kind of talking it. And it's very easy to badmouth Mike Brown. So It's too easy. <laughs> it's just too easy. Um, yeah, so, I mean – Actually, we should probably give a little bit of retrospective on this dude just to kind of give background. Um, obviously, you know, Mike Brown is the son of Paul Brown, um, who named who is the stadium is named after, if you didn't already know, founder of the team. Um, he occupied the role that Katie Blackburn does now, where he is the assistant general manager. I think the difference being, you know, Paul Brown back in the 60s and whatever, he was 40s and 60s and whatever, you know, he was actually a general manager and a pretty darn good football talent scout. Yeah, I mean, Paul Brown was uh, revolutionary to the NFL, and I feel like Mike Brown has been trying to live up to that like his entire career, and yeah, he struggled to do so. But but he was the assistant general manager. But Katie Blackburn is not. We don't have any general managers right well, now. Yeah. Technically, Mike Brown is still the well, general technically manager. Technically, Mike Brown is the general manager. She and is the I VP. Duke Tobin does a lot of the um, roles that a general manager would do. But, but, yeah, and I think in in title alone, he is the general manager. But if you look at kind of like what he did back then, he was doing a lot of stuff that Katie Blackburn does now. Like he was – like she negotiates a lot of the contracts. Yes, yeah, the chief negotiator. Yeah, so she's – was actually – she's actually the first female uh, chief negotiator in the NFL. It's pretty cool. Um, it is. But the, yeah, but to piggyback on that, um, that's what he was doing back in the '80s. Like, there's a big uh, was it who was the court or was the um, linebacker we drafted in the '80s who didn't want to play for us? Do you remember his name? I have no idea. There was I don't remember what year we drafted him. I want to say maybe 1984. Uh, yeah, Rick Hunley. So we drafted Rick Hunley in the first round, seventh overall. He did not want to come to Cincinnati. Um, at all so he ended up get, getting traded for i think three draft picks who all ended up being like pretty good draft picks that helped us in the 88 super bowl run um so yeah uh yeah so the, i think that kind of ends the background paul brown dies in late 90 uh we t- uh, mike brown takes over the team immediately fires uh, Sam Weish after a three and thirteen season. Yep, I mean, at, at pretty much from the start, he became the basically general manager, owner, top of everything. Yeah, he took over all responsibilities. Um, and there was when the Bengals were founded. Obviously, Paul Brown had a big hand in that, but there was also another, um, like owner. Like a, like a part owner. Um, I don't remember the split of shares that they did, but um, he had like maybe a, a quarter of the team or so, and I believe Mike Brown bought out that guy's remaining shares when he either retired or passed away. I don't remember the guy's name, but I, I, that's a story I heard from my dad. I'm sure he read that in the paper. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's... Uh, I think when it was originally founded, it was like a group of people. So, But they were all led by Paul Brown. Yeah, I think Paul Brown, I think, paid the most money and kind of led, led everything. So that's why he's like the owner and general manager. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so let's kind of talk so he did post that. 91. He, did, he that. did that. And then the next big thing, well, the first thing he did was hired, like we said, um, Dave Shula, and then the Bengals were terrible for five years. Like nothing of note in their play. But the big thing that he did do was in uh, 96 or 95, he started um, proposing the deal for the – Paul Brown Stadium. Stadium. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's a whole thing. That got away with robbery of uh, Hamilton County. <laughs> yeah. One so of the worst stadium deals in history. So I don't, this is the one thing I don't like to talk about when it comes to the Bengals because I, I don't remember or know all of the details of why like that was bad. It's my understanding that, and you may you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Hamilton County owns the stadium but any time revisions have to be made, it comes out of the county. And any games that are played, Mike Brown takes home all the money. Yeah. So I guess I do know it better than I thought that I did. <laughs> I mean, that that is a lot of it. And uh, uh, there was a lot of problems, too, with just the way that he went about doing it. Like, I think he lied about revenue and he... There's yeah, also somebody there... in the group that was like, or somebody that was part of the like negotiations that was a former uh, county commissioner. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't it a thing too where they like later found out that they lied about how much money they were raking in, and so that didn't the county try to sue? It was some, something, something like, that? like that. I just it, it, a lot of problems. It's a good deal. And it, if you kind of like, I don't know, if you look at this like from like the other side, like if you're Mike Brown, you got to be fucking happy that all this went down the way that you know what I mean? Like, oh, everything worked out perfectly for him. He, <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes me wonder. I My dad told me this thing. Uh, this was all before like, you know, we were infants when all this was going down. But um, that, you know, they, they came up with this idea of like, this is a proposal and they threatened to leave. And instead of like, you know, the county coming back with a counter proposal, whoever was in charge just kind of took Mike Brown's deal and didn't like, you know, counter or counter offer or anything like that, that they just immediately took, took the deal. And like, we can't let the Bengals leave. This is going to lose a bunch of money. Take the deal. Even if it was in, in poor favor to the, um, to the county. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. This fucking county seems cool with building new stadiums all the time, so I don't know what the fucking problem is anymore. <laughs> well, we we got a lot of problems. But anyways, that, that was a yeah. uh, poor mark. And, you know, we we do have an aging stadium at this point, and it's still, you know, there's... The lease is up in, uh, I think, 20... Was it 2026? Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if they're planning on rebuilding or if they're just planning on upgrading it. Like... <laughs> I mean, if I were to give my personal opinion, like, yeah, it is an aging stadium. Yeah. Um, there are some really nice football stadiums out there. Um, at the same time, it's definitely still, like, usable. It's not, like, decrepit or it's not no, falling apart. I, I think, the really, that the, the worst part about his, you know, 
whole thing is it you know it's he he hasn't built an indoor practice facility oh my god we're not gonna go down the fucking uh pat mcafee road are we well i just think it, it 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 you know it shows that he doesn't spend the money on the team the same way other organizations do yeah i just i am i just heard that so many times and i'm kind of just sick of hearing it i don't even want to like you know talk about the and like how they didn't build it. you know what i mean like it got talked to death as like a negative thing um and it's like they go to the bearcat stadium like all the time to do their because they, they have an indoor facility up at clifton they use that all the time when it's too bad and it's like it's it's not the day you know it's like they don't own it, but they still have access to an indoor stadium. So it's not like it's not like he's just letting them, you know, freeze to death outside. It's just he's not. That's where I say like Mike Brown is okay. Like a great owner would would have built their own thing, but like a terrible owner would have left them out there. You know what I, you know what I'm saying? I don't think there there anybody would you know practice out in freezing temperatures. Right. So I'm saying like th- they let them go up to the. UC Stadium, let them you know work out. They worked out a deal with that, and I mean it, and it's it's just the fact. It's just another fact pointing to that Mike Brown is frugal with the organization. Like there's no way around it. Like we have the least amount of scouts in the NFL. I think. Well, I I, I think the reason is is not what what people think it is. This is another um, like negative point. Uh, I don't think that's because he's frugal. I think he really believes he is really good at recognizing football talent. Like I think he thinks he's as good as his dad, and he's not. Well, he want yeah. I think he wants to be, and he wants to show that he is. Yeah, but he's just not like he's he's nowhere near as good. I, I mean, they were he was the you know before Marvin Lewis came in, he was like the only voice of like who players are getting picked. Like like head coach like there's stories about you know uh the ricky williams the possible ricky williams trade with the saints and um achilles smith of how like you know the head coach you know wanted to do these moves but he didn't want to do that he was dead set on i'm gonna go get um you know achilles smith what a great decision yeah and there was a story about how like the oregon head coach was like you know you guys took this dude like third overall and, and they're like we didn't want to do that this is the Oregon head coach talking to then Bengals head coach. Um, forget the guy's name, but um, you're just like, yeah, I don't know why I didn't. Get, I didn't get to make that decision. Is basically what the head coach said. That's where, like, I think that falls under him being a shitty manager rather than him being frugal. I disagree. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't hire more people to help make decisions and go scout. But if you were like so focused on him, you know, on yourself being as, you know, if you think you're as good as something, you absolutely would like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, no one's better than me doing this. I'm going to do this myself. Kind of. That's what I, that's what I think he's doing. It could be, could be he has that old school mentality and, you know, oh, he certainly has an old school mentality. He just can't give it up. But, but, I think he has given it up recently. I don't think he has been as involved in a lot of the decisions, but he still hasn't no. increased the size of the scouting department. Yeah, I, that is true. I, <laughs> I, I, I'll i give you that. Um, I did hear a thing that post-2011, after the Carson Palmer trade request, 
Marvin Lewis basically went to him and said, look, dude, you got to give me more, you know, control of the team. And so I think after that, Marvin started making a whole lot more decisions on who to draft and who to pick. And I think that worked out pretty well for them for, you know, the next like three, four drafts after that. Because if you look at, you know, that five-year playoff run that we had, a lot of that was built out of the drafts that came, you know, after Carson Palmer left. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think since then he has submitted even more. Yeah. So that's like some of the negative things. Um, Do we want to talk about Carson Palmer at all when we talk about any of this? We can. Uh, did you did you see Carson Palmer go on the Pat McAfee show and watch that? I watched uh, some highlights from it. Yeah, very interesting. I've I've never known Palmer to be a liar, <laughs> so I mean, I kind of felt like you know he told the truth, but at the same time, like some of the stuff he said is like, no, there's no way that's true. Well, I don't think he has a reason to lie. That's the thing is that I don't know if he has a reason to lie, but I don't know if he's, you know, there's an old saying that's like, you know, if a tree falls in the wood, there's going to be three stories, yours, mine, and the trees. But the Bengals, like the Paul Brown, or not Paul Brown, Mike Brown side of the story was already told when it was happening, right? He controlled the whole media narrative around it. I don't really think Palmer had a much of an avenue to really talk. I feel like if you look at, articles and like newsreel footage of the time it's all from like you know it, it, you you see clips of paul brown or sorry mike brown talking uh and then you'll, you'll it'll cut to like you know a photo of carson palmer and then like a summary of kind of what he's saying rather than like um you know like here's you know sometimes you see news footage, it'll cut to the other person talking but it's you, you're right the narrative was completely around uh paul brown or Mike Brown, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I haven't getting names wrong this entire podcast. Yeah, and, and, and in that podcast, he talked about going up, driving up all the way to Mason to use an indoor facility. Well, obviously, <laughs> they don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, he was he was actually saying that, like, because the facility was so, like, it was a soccer stadium, uh, the ball's not going to go that high in a soccer stadium, that he couldn't throw deep bombs to the wide receivers he had to do like you know short throws and quick slants because that's hilarious <laughs> the ball would just hit the steering yeah um and, and like i said like that's not like that's not you know and recently they've been using the uc which is an actual football facility it's a big dome and i've like i've looked inside and seen pictures on the inside because they used it for a lot of the uc players uh pro days and like like it's a big thing. Like you can definitely throw some deep bombs out of that. So, you know, I don't. Uh, I personally think like that. Like he's changed on that. Uh, Mike Brown has on you know, at least doing something about it. Now they're actually building the indoor stadium, which is like the absolute right thing to do. Just took him a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well. So, so that's where I think like he is. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I, I don't know if it's all him that's, you know, being the change for the organization, but 
he did have to give up power to the people that are making the changes. So I think that's a yeah. big step in the right I do direction. Think, I do think one change that he made that kind of put us on this route is I think he was all set to bring Marvin back in 2019. I think Marvin had one more year on his contract. So he was like, let's just finish it out. But after 2018, I think the fans were just, just so done with him. Like, you've, Marvin, you've been here 18 years. We've accomplished nothing. Let's do something else. And I think he finally listened and said, you know what? Now's the, you know, now's the time. So he relieves Marvin of his duties. And, um, and then they go on to Zach Taylor, and the rest is kind of history. But in, in that regard, he was capable of change. Yeah, and it, and it took, you know. It took a long time for, I think, even us to recognize what he was doing and how he was changing because, like, you know, the last year of Marvin was horrible. And then they're like, okay, everyone was excited, fresh, new coach, you know, new team. Yeah, maybe our expectations were a little off. Like, the worst season. (laughs) Yeah. So, I kind of have a slight theory to that. And, you know, 2018, they had a good start. They started 4-1. and I mean, that's pretty much as good as they started last year uh, they started three and one and were five and two at one point so they had a good start to the you know the year but um then then the losses piled up injuries started piling uh, injuries up. happened yeah and i think what we didn't realize was how bad the defense was in 2018 so when this new coach comes in it's like okay you know, this guy's going to come in, and he does later, but, you know, he's going to change the culture and things are going to be better. Um, he kind of had to completely rebuild that defense, like basically from the ground up. Like, yeah, Bates and Hubbard are virtually the only starters on the on the defense that are st- still there from the 2018 year. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how much it's changed. Yeah, they had so many good quality Defensive players drafted, and then all the good free agent signings that we've had. Uh, it's really been incredible, uh, the turnaround that we've done. Yeah, and that, that, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think, you know, it, it, it's the hand of a lot of other people now finally getting decisions in the organization that aren't Mike Brown. So you think it's more of a, like, committee than it is, like, one person leading the way? I think so. I mean, I think that's that's what sh- has shown what's worked around the league. Like, I think the only other organization that works or that worked like ours was the Cowboys. And they don't work though. They and, they yeah. have the same not success that we do. Yeah. They're they're one and they were one and done playoff busts for for forever. Like like Tony Romo's playoff record was pretty much as good as Andy Dalton's. Yeah, I, I think it's just shown that one you know one person making most of the big decisions is is not successful. Yeah, I mean, what 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 business model does that? Like, what business just has one person making all of the decisions? Yeah, not not many, not many these days. No, no, it's almost all you know, some kind of committee and some kind of group, uh, board members and whatever. But and I mean, he's he's eighty six, and it, you know, I think he's realizing it's not you know he's not going to be able to keep doing this stuff. So yeah, I you know, it's my understanding he still goes to all the games. He, I think he missed a couple during COVID. Yeah. Well, he's but. he's definitely still out and around, and he he gave an interview too at the uh, AFC Championship. Yeah, he did. Like, so he was there. Yeah, it's not like it was in you know that was a home game for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't doubt his love for the team. Like, I definitely don't doubt that. I, I, this has been his whole life is football. Like, 
he definitely wants to win and definitely like cares yeah. about the team. That's the thing that people I think get wrong is that he definitely wants to win. He's just not very good he's at incompetent doing that. I wouldn't say he's completely incompetent, but he is he's not like he's not Paul Brown. He definitely never lived up to Paul Brown. No, yeah, I wouldn't say I mean I don't know who would be completely incompetent. And and I mean this for a long time he was pretty incompetent. It it took him a long time to to turn things around. Yeah, okay. I'll give you, I'll give you that. That's fair. Yeah. Um Yeah, it certainly took a long ass time. It took over 10 years, right? When was our first like really good season? 2005. Yeah, that was like he was under he was owning the team for 15 years. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about let's talk about some of the good. Um okay, so the first point I want to make is what is the name of the football stadium? Right. It's not Synergy Field or it's Paul not Brown Kroger stadium. Field or it's not US Bank Stadium or it's not Fifth Third Stadium. It's it's named after his father. Um <laughs> So I, I, I think that's a pretty neat little concept. Um, but if you think about it from a money standpoint, what is that, like $40 million a year that he could be gaining in free money Well, that he's choosing not to have? Well, I think the reason being is that it's because Hamilton County paid for the stadium. So he didn't have to go out and get any kind of sponsorship. Well, I mean, yeah, that's true, but like that's still free money though. Like if you have the opportunity to take free money, you always take it. I think he's got a better deal out of the stadium from the city than a lot of other teams got get. Well, from um, no, no. I'm sure no, I agree. Like he got a good deal. I'm just saying like he couldn't be making more money. I mean, well, I don't I don't think he can put sponsorship up on there now. After, what do you mean like after the county's already paid for the stadium? Like we like the county owns has ownership of the stadium, right? Oh, okay. So he can't he can't name it. Well, well, then why didn't the st- fucking county go out and get a sponsor? Then just let him name it something and not taking any free revenue. I don't know. That's part of the deal they made. But okay. Well, I don't know any of that. The way I see it, they could be bringing in money and they're not. And he named it after his dad. If you were a frugal son of a bitch, you would take as much money as you could. That's how I'm looking at it. I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, there's different things, and you hear different reports about, like, how cheap the organization is. Um, I, th- I read some story about how, like, they were giving them, like, used, like, equipment, and, like, mm-hmm. they wouldn't give them, like, free, like, drinks. It was only water. And, like, they were giving them used, like, jock straps and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine an NFL team? If that's true. No, that's if, – if it's true um – I mean, if someone has a negative vendetta against the team, I could see them like fabricating a story like that. Maybe they got a like a contract deal they didn't like, and so they're like, "I'm gonna make some stuff up." Um, I would not say that that's truthful, though. So I would I would just kind of leave that up in the air. Like, who knows if that is like if all that is true? Yeah, I um, think I think it was Hushmanzada that said it. Hush Hush talked some shit after he left. There's a comment he made as I was looking up something. I was like, "Whatever happened to Hushmanzada?" Um. Because he, so he left in free agency in 2008, and he I, I'll find the comment because it's interesting. Um, 
He said the Cincinnati Bengals reportedly gave him an offer, but he countered a statement saying Cincinnati's offer was not enough to continue to play here. I think it would be able to start fresh, right? So that's not like a bad statement. It happens to athletes all the time. People look for new situations all the time. Fine. Uh, he went. He jokingly went on to say, I want to win some games for once. Um, I think that probably like rubbed people the wrong people within the organization like rubbed them the wrong way um because like you know you see you know back in the day it was it was like chad and hoosh like obviously chad was the better wide receiver but a lot of people said that that duo was one of the best in the league so like he definitely was a important contributor for those teams for the the years that he was starting um but you don't really see him on any like, you know, Bengals promotional material. Like if you ever watch like any of them highlight reels or or like, like you know when you go to the game and they play that like video, yeah. Um, you see like you you know, like Boomer and Kenny and Munoz, Ken Riley, Ocho Cinco. You, you don't see Hoosh on there, I don't think, and you don't really see him like talking about or representing the team the way that like other players have. So I think he, you know, rubbed the organization the wrong way by saying that. Yeah, he could have. I don't know much about that. <laughs> okay. You're saying I'm going to comment. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't want to speculate on that. Well, I'm just saying. I just think he's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it automatically discounts what he said. Oh, I don't. I don't think he was necessarily wrong because they only went to the playoffs one. You know, they only one winning season. The time that you know Mike Brown took over to when he left, so he's not exactly wrong. But if if I was the owner, I probably wouldn't be happy about that. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Okay, I but, mean, yeah, it's fair. But I still think there's there's a lot of evidence that shows that he's he is frugal with the organization. Yeah, I think I think he is like frugal. Uh, I think this Jesse Bates contract situation does kind of like show that. Um, but there are also times where he, even before the last couple of years, where you know he went out and he spent the money. Like obviously they they paid AJ Green uh, his second contract, and that was a big. What was that like an eighty million dollar contract? Do you remember how much AJ Green got paid? I do not remember. It was a lot. I know, like, Dalton's contract, his was a $100 million contract. Um, they signed, like, Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap to $40 million contracts each. They uh, put the tag on Green, and he was making, like, $18 million in 2020. So, obviously, like, you know, they spent some money on them dudes. Yes. So, that – okay. So, th- there's – an. I mean, that kind of transitions into another good thing is that um, he does spend money on a lot of the players that, um, you know, have been here for a while, players that he drafted. Yeah. He takes care of a lot of his players. Yeah, that's a, that's the a thing I've heard a lot of people say. He will take care of his own players. So that's why, you know, I think most coaches and most teams would have, like, canned Dalton after the second year, but he stuck by them, you know. Uh, obviously, like, come on, like, look at, like, I don't some think of the quarterbacks around Dalton the after a second year. I don't know, but like in today they absolutely would. Maybe not back in 2012, uh, but in today but, but he they led them to the playoffs. 
th- that some of these some of these franchises they're not patient enough for that. I guess that's like, true. Like just going to the playoffs, like that's not good enough. You got to start like. I, I teams are getting more and more impatient. Oh yeah, the Browns had no reason to get rid of Baker Mayfield. <laughs> they had no reason to get rid of Baker Mayfield. Well, no reason just, to try and go after fucking Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he he was injured last year. They were all fine to keep him on, but yeah, they dropped him like a like a like it was hot. <laughs> Insane, yeah. dude. <laughs> so yeah, I, like I'm saying, like in today's NFL, and I think you know unexpectedly. Maybe Joe Burrow has a lot to do with that because, you know, he's the first number one pick to go to the Super Bowl in his second year. Like, teams out there are going to realize, like, oh, shit, you can go out and you can um, get a quarterback surrounded with some good pieces, and you can go to the Super Bowl in your second year. So I think, like, other teams are going to start, like, being more and more impatient. Like, I can guarantee you. That uh, Jalen Hurts, if he don't, if he don't have like a like a NFC Championship run him, they're gonna let him go next year, or or look for or look to upgrade and, um, you know, let him go because and and probably two of the same, like a lot of those a lot of his contemporaries in, um, in that draft class, if they don't like make a championship run, they're gonna they're gonna find alternatives, just like the Browns. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is something that Mike Brown has done is allowed things to develop. He allows for the yeah. plan to come into place, which is what oh, led yeah. us to going to a Super Bowl yep. this past year. Yep, he gave them he gave he gave Taylor that leash that most coach or most teams wouldn't have done. Yeah, he said, you know, I'll you know, you get your draft pick, I'm gonna let you build your team and he finally yeah. got it this past year and it showed what buying into something and, does and and I, I don't want to speak for you but i was fucking wrong about that i was like after year two i'm like we we need to let this guy go we got to find someone who can get you know burrow going and i was fucking wrong yeah i wasn't as negative as you but i, I that yeah, after that first it. season i was and so uh, i was starting to get more um more H- hindsight is always twenty twenty, and like it's easy to reflect on things and be like, okay, well, maybe they were bad in, in 2018, but Marvin Lewis was good enough as a head coach to kind of squeeze, you know, like like that combo of Dalton Green and Marvin, like they could squeeze out five, six wins out of a bad team, uh, but a rookie head coach on his first experience probably couldn't do that. Right. Um so I did find out AJ AJ Green signed in 2015 a four-year, 60 million dollar contract extension. So, you know, pretty good money. That's 15 million a year. Um, that was pretty good back when that contract got signed. So, like he got paid, Dalton got paid, Green got paid, or um, Atkins got paid, Dunlap got paid, Burfecht got paid. Um, even even more recently, like Sam Hubbard got paid. He got four years, 40 million. It's pretty good. Um, so he does pay his own players uh, that, you know, succeed. And even, like, before that, like, he was paying – he paid Corey Dillon. He paid Carl Pickens. But that was before they kind of reorganized the contracts after the 2011 lockout. Yeah. Um, and I want to say that – and this is a kind of something that's kind of came out recently um, – is that a lot of those players that they got in the last offseason – like Awuzier and Hilton, they're on record as saying that they were offered better contracts out there. Um, 
So it's possible that Mike Brown is still like still that frugal, but these players like want to come play for Burrow, and that's why they're coming here and taking less money to to play with him. Yeah, I definitely see that that happening. Because so I think all them dudes, all them linemen that they signed, they could have got better deals out there. Um, the people will pay for a good lineman, and you know, I I don't want to say that we got these guys on the steal or nothing, but you know, they they definitely got good value out of those contracts. Yeah, and I, I'm really excited for the upcoming you know season with all the new additions, and it's just exciting to see Mike Brown allowing for these you know big free agent signings, which is something he you know didn't do before. And I've heard yeah. that he still does have, like, the final say, like, veto power over signings. Yeah, no, I don't doubt that. He's allowed all of these to go through, so I think that's a big improvement. Yeah. And it's possible that I, – I was reading somewhere how, you know, before this, you know, I think contracts would get negotiated and he would kind of get cold feet and he would back out um, or, or kind of, like, put a contract out there then kind of like, well, let's rework some of the guarantees and more incentive-based. Yeah, um, I heard that too. And obviously, like, winning cures also maybe, you know, in an alternate universe, if they don't win in 2021 at all, you know, you would start to hear more complaints. But, you know, everybody's happy because we're winning. Right. Um, yeah, so I think in, in closing, um, Mike Brown is okay. He has some problems. He's been a little frugal, made some mistakes. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much more redeeming there is on him. I don't. He's definitely not an evil person. Um, he's definitely not as bad as like, you know, Dan Snyder of the Commanders. It's weird to call him that now because that's oh, yeah, name. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, and he he's like a complete scumbag. He's not Jerry Jones, who you know is like an asshole. He's not. Yeah. Um, the Chargers owner, who's another asshole, he's not the Texans owner, who may or may not have covered up uh, more than sixty sexual assault cases. Well, yeah, we, he hasn't been, you know, the, you know, in the public controversy type situation. Yeah, he's certainly not controversial. He is just not super well liked. Yeah, well, it's because he's not. He's one of the worst owners. Uh, well, from from like from a, a football team, team perspective, from a football <laughs> team perspective of managing a, a football a success squad, yes. success perspective. Yes, football from a success, success perspective. <laughs> from a like, this guy is a scumbag, and don't let your children around him. He's 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 not bad. Um, Nick, do you have anything else you want to say about um, on Mike Brown? No, nothing else on Mike Brown. Okay, let's talk about. We got a little bit of time. Let's talk about them new helmets. I am excited for the all-white uniform. I've been yeah. saying it ever since we came out with that white color rush. The 2016 color rush, yeah. I was like, dang, it would be nice to have an all-white one. Yeah, I think that was the first thing people – like, I remember those jerseys got announced. I think generally received positive um, reviews from people, but I think everybody was like, man, we really need a white, uni- or a white, white helmet, helmet to go with yeah. that. But I think NFL rules were – you know, only super special circumstances can you have a different helmet design. Like, like a couple of years ago, they did like a. I, I want to say it was two thousand nine or two thousand eight. One of those years, they did like a AFC throwback where all the teams that were part of the original AFC 
had throwback uniforms and they allowed them to have like a different helmet design. So only during like special circumstances would they allow to do that. But recently they're like, yo, have a couple of different helmet designs. Why not? Yeah, I think what wasn't the argument back then was that they thought that you know players had to get use the same helmet throughout the the, the year. Yeah, I think the idea was if you have the same helmet throughout the entire year, you're less likely to have more injuries. I don't know. Yeah, what data I, th- they I had think the data came that. out that that was not the case, and that's why they're changing the rules. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. So why would they? Why would that even? How would that make sense? You know, like there's different different studies, and I think the the, okay. the more recent studies shows that it's not. It doesn't affect things. Well, I I don't think it does either. So I'm really glad that we uh we're getting some nice nice alternate <laughs> white helmets. Get these white full white uniform. Oh, it'll be nice. Well, that was like kind of the cool con like the that was the idea behind the original color rush was you know, we've been Bengal Tigers or you know, the concept was orange, white, black, kind of like a Bengal Tiger, but there are those white tigers out there and the zoo had a couple of them for a while. Um and it's like a, it's a nice like alternative. So to, and yeah, like you said, they came up with that color rush. I feel like maybe a weeks later there were edits on the internet of them in white helmets too, and it, it looks so good. It very slick. Yeah, and I do think I think you're right. When they came out with these new jerseys, that that color rush really inspired them because I don't think everybody liked the old jerseys. Yeah, I did. I was like the only one. <laughs> A lot of people thought they were a little too much. I I really like the orange. Un- I think the old orange uniform is the best uniform we ever had. And then, conversely, I think the new orange jersey we have is the second best we've ever had. <laughs> so obviously, I'm a big fan of orange jerseys. Yeah, you are. I I like the. I, uh, I actually like the white ones. The new white ones. Yeah, I actually I like. My least favorite jerseys are the old whites, but I do like the new white jerseys better than the new black jerseys, which is weird. Yeah. Because the old white jerseys, I mean, I, they're kind of ugly. <laughs> it's just that that combo of, of the the ratio of white to orange just doesn't look good when there's that much white. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, it was, I, I thought it was too blocky. The white, the when old white one. Yeah, because you got the, the orange goes up to the certain point, but when it's the black uniform, it's like the black covers most of it's it like up. A, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, as for someone who did not like the jerseys when they were announced, um, <laughs> I have several. <laughs> They've grown on me, especially uh, going to the Super Bowl in them. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, dude. When those pictures got leaked, oh my god, they they looked the leaks look awful. Yeah, well, <laughs> they were horrible pictures of them too. Yeah, they're just like flat angle, just like on a rack. It didn't look good, but then you like put them on players, and I'm like, okay, it doesn't look too bad. And then like they start playing games, and I'm like, that actually looks on pretty good. On the field, they looked a lot better. Yeah, on the players in shoulder pads, they looked a whole lot better, and it was kind of cool seeing Chad Johnson wear the new uniform. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I always like Chad. <laughs> Everybody loves Chad. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, uh, I highly approve of the new white helmets. They're going to look great in the white uniform. Yeah, I think it's going to be really cool. I didn't think they would ever do it, but here we go. Oh, I thought they would have done it. I just didn't think they... I didn't think... I think it's the first opportunity they had to. Yeah, I didn't think the NFL was going to let us do it, is what I mean. (laughs) Oh, okay. 
that that makes a lot more sense. Roger Goodell does hate us. Um, someone did point this out. Um, I believe um, someone on the Bengals subreddit said that we still have allowance for one more uniform. Um, because most teams I think have like four options. We just have the three. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. And someone, a couple of people have kind of floated the idea of doing the a throwback uniform to the '80s uniform. Um, don't know how I feel about. I that. don't like a lot of our old throwback like throwback options. Yeah, I don't like them either. I think I actually think the all white uniforms from the '90s with the orange accent look a lot better than the white uniforms we had from the 2000s and 2010s. Yeah. But. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but. I'm not really complaining if they do that. I would like something with the uh with the tiger back. <laughs> that that would be the only thing. Like like the <clears throat> big tiger? Yeah. The jumpy boy. Alright, Nick, do you have anything else you want to go over today? Uh no, nothing for me. Cool. Well thank you very much for listening. If you guys liked what we had to hear, we'd appreciate the subscription. Uh thank you very much and have a good rest of your day.